Hi, welcome to the Dartarian Show. I'm Alexander Dartarian. And I'm Dominic Sykes. And today, we're going to do the most infamous, possibly the most deadliest outlaw in the entire West, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. And as you know, young and ruthless. He did have a pretty uh, short short life. I but mean, he did a lot. Died at 21. Yeah, he he did a lot. In 21 years, yeah. he did more than most people out west did their yeah. entire life. Like 40 years and stuff. A very explosive uh, life there. Yeah, so his real name was Henry McCarty. And again, he was born September 17th or November 23rd, 1859. They're not, they're it's not sure which of the two. Yeah, he was born in New York City. In the Irish slums, mm. he um, he was born to Irish Catholic uh, parents, mm-hmm. Catherine and Patrick McCarty in New York City. Right. Uh, a theory suggests that he was born, you know, September twenty seventeenth, because he was baptized Patrick Henry McCarty at St. Petersburg or at St. Peter's on September twenty eighth, mm. eighteen fifty nine. Right. While his birthday. Our birth year has been confirmed as 1859. The exact date of his birth has been disputed to be either 17th or the 23rd of November. Oh, okay. That year. So, I mean, he was baptized on the 28th of September. Mm-hmm. So you would think that, you know, but it could also indicate that it was his younger brother, Joseph McCarty. Right. In 1863, so that's why it's disputed yeah. whether he what day he was actually born. But they did have it tied down to the year. So right. 1859, he was born. Yeah. So at least you could at least get his age generally correct. Yeah. Uh, following the death of her husband Patrick, Catherine McCarty and her sons moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, where she met William Henry Harrison Antrim. The McCarty family moved from with Antrim to Wichita, Kansas, in 1870. After moving again a few years later... I was going to say, that's that's a lot of moving. Catherine married Antrim on March 1st, 1873, at the First Presbyterian Church in Santa Fe, New Mexico Territory. Mm. McCarty and his brother Joseph were witnesses to the ceremony. Shortly after, the family moved from Santa Fe to Silver City, New Mexico. That's where my grandma's from. And Joseph McCarty (laughs) began using the name Joseph Antrim. I wonder if she's related. Nah. <laughs> uh, shortly before McCarty's mother, Catherine, died of tuberculosis, then called consumption, on September 16th, 1874. Is that consumption just tuberculosis? Yeah. I have always wondered about what the hell consumption was. I had no idea that it was just uh, TB. Yeah, it's just an old word for for uh, tuberculosis. That's crazy. I had no idea that they were the same thing. Uh, William Antrim abandoned the McCarthy boys leaving them orphans. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, it is. Uh, He's like, oh, well, wife's dead. Don't want the kids. Uh, See you later, guys. Yep, and he was 15 at the time. Jeez, man. Uh, So he had to kind of grow up quick. Yep. McCarty was 15 years old when his mother died. Sarah Brown, the owner of a boarding house, gave him a room and board in exchange for work. Mm -hmm. On September 16th, 1875, McCarty was caught stealing food. Oh, Ten days later, McCarty and George Schaefer robbed a Chinese laundry. Stealing clothing and two pistols, McCarty was charged with theft and was jailed. 
He escaped two days later and became uh, a fugitive. Uh, okay, so how long realistically do you think that they would have put him in jail for for stealing some laundry? Um, it depends. Like I said, because like it all depended on the judge. Since he was so young, I would say like maybe ten days. Why in the hell would he not just wait out the ten days, free food? Sitting in the jailhouse. Well, he was charming. He was young. The reason why people like kind of like let their guard down is because he was a little kid. Yeah. But he was so small. Well, I know, but I'm saying like but by him you know escaping, he, he became a fugitive and made things worse. Why would he just not like sit out the the short amount of time? Because back then you could disappear a lot better. That's true. Yeah. Good now. And do you know how he disappeared? Mm-mm. He ch- uh, he shimmied up the chimney. Nice. Oh, because he was so skinny. And yeah, he was small. so small. He just crawled up the chimney and got nice. out. <laughs> nice. Uh, after leaving Antrim, McCarty traveled to southeastern Arizona territory, where he worked as a ranch hand and gambled his wages in nearby gaming houses. In 1876, he was hired as a ranch hand by well-known rancher Henry Hooker. Uh-huh. During this time, McCarty became acquainted with. John R. Mackey, a Scottish-born criminal and former U.S. Cavalry private, who, following his discharge, remained near the U.S. Army post at Camp Grant in Arizona. Mm. The two men soon began stealing horses from local horses or soldiers. Stolen horses from local horses. <laughs> Stolen the horses <laughs> yeah. from the horses. <laughs> yeah. From local soldiers. McCarty became known as Kid Atrum because of his youth, slight build, clean-shaven appearance, and personality. Mm. I guess that's where he got kid from. Yep. On August 17th, 1877, McCarty was a, at a saloon in the village of Benito, or Benita, when he got into an argument with Francis P. Wendy Cahill, or Cahill, a blacksmith who reportedly had bullied McCarty and on more than one occasion called him a pimp. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that I doesn't mean the same yeah, thing as it does it now, is. but I can only... A pimp. What what do you think a pimp would mean back then? Um a like a pimple or pimp is a uh no, that's pretty much what it is. What? What it means now? I think that's what it means now. Like, yeah, it's a pimp. Why is he okay, first of all, why is he calling him a pimp? That doesn't really apply. <laughs> Secondly, why is it bothering Henry's, oh, I guess, maybe insult's an insult. But. I don't know. Maybe pimp means like uh, shorty or something back then. Uh, McCarty, in <laughs> turn, called Calhill a son of a bitch. Well, there you go. Whereupon Calhill threw my... It's my, on site now. Yeah, McCarty <laughs> to the floor, and the two struggled for McCarty's revolver. McCarty shot and mortally wounded Calhill. A witness said Billy had no choice. He had to use his equalizer. Hmm. Kelhill died the following day. McCarty fled, by, but returned a few days later and was apprehended by Miles Wood, the local back? justice of the peace. Come back to work. Oh. Uh, okay. McC- <laughs> McCarty was detained and held in Camp Grant guardhouse, but escaped before law enforcement could arrive. Oh my God! This is his second. <laughs> this is his second escape. Uh. McCarty stole a horse and fled Arizona territory for New Mexico territory, but Apaches took the horse from him, leaving him to walk many miles to the nearest settlement. Could have been worse. Could have been scalped. <laughs> exactly. At Fort Stanton in the Pecos Valley, McCarty, starving and near death, went to the home of a friend and Seven Rivers Warriors gang member, John Jones, whose mother, Barbara, nursed him back to health. After regaining his health, McCarty went to the Apache Tijo, a former army post, 
where he joined a band of rustlers who raided herds owned by cattle magnate John Chisholm. So at this point, he's already, he's already, uh, he's pretty much, yeah, he's pretty much, as soon as he escaped the first time, he kind of committed to the outlaw life. Yeah. He's like, well, might as well go all in now. After McCarty was spotted in Silver City, his involvement with the gang was mentioned in a local newspaper at some point in 1877. McCarty began to refer to himself by the name William H. Bonney. Mm-hmm. Lincoln County War. All right. After returning to New Mexico, McCarty worked as a cowboy for English businessman and rancher John Henry Tunstall hmm. near the Rio Felix. Uh, tributary of Rio Grande in Lincoln County. Tunstall and his business partner and lawyer, Alexander McSween, were opponents of an alliance formed by Irish-American businessmen, Lawrence Murphy and James Dolan. You know what this sounds and like? And John Riley. Deadwood. Yeah, but they didn't say the F word. Like, the F word wasn't a big thing. Like, yeah. they said son of a bitch. Yeah. Or, uh... God damn it, and all that. They said all that stuff, but they yeah. never said the F word. Yeah, no. But I'm just, yeah. ta- I'm, no, I'm talking about that specifically that whole, uh, like the two business owners having beef with each other and trying to, yeah, like have basically a war over who's owning that town, you know? Yeah. And what's weird is, like, if they would have made, like, Deadwood Show like this, it would be just as good. Yeah. Uh, the three men had wielded an economic and political hold over Lincoln County since the early 1870s due in part of their ownership of a beef contract with nearby Fort Stanton and a well-patronized dry goods store and town of Lincoln. So they had a dry goods store and a beef contract, like mm-hmm. to where they sell cattle to the fort. Uh, a government contract, which means back then that's how you made the big money, right. was government contracts. By February 1878, McSween owed $8,000 to Dolan who obtained a court order and asked Lincoln County Sheriff William J. Bradley to attach nearly $40,000 worth of Tunstall's property and livestock. Mm. So he owed him 8000 but he took nearly $40,000. Yeah, like, I don't think that's a uh, fair trade there, bud. Oh, interest rates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Tunstall put Bonnie in charge of the nine prime horses and told him to ro- relocate them to his state ranch for safekeeping. Meanwhile, Sheriff Bradley assembled a large posse to seize Tunstall's cattle. Back in all the posse days. Yeah, all you're doing is making me want to play Red Dead Redemption now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> On February 18th, 1874, 1878, Tunstall learned of the posse's presence on his land and rode out to intervene. During the encounter, one member of the posse shot Tunstall in the chest, knocking him off his horse. Another posse member took Tunstall's gun and killed him with a shot to the back of his head. Tunstall's murder ignited the conflict between the two factions that became known as the Lincoln County War. Mm -hmm. After Tunstall was killed, McCarty and Dick Brewer swore affidavits against Bradley and those in his posse and obtained murder warrants from the Lincoln County Justice of the Peace, John B. Wilson. Mm-hmm. On February 20th, 1878, while attempting to arrest Bradley, the sheriff and his deputies found and arrested McCarty and two other men riding with him. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Weidenman, a friend of McCarty and a detachment of soldiers, captured Sheriff 
Bradley's jail guards, put them behind bars, and release McCarty and Brule. Uh-huh. So, with the, with the territory, because it wasn't like state, it wasn't a state yet. Basically, there was different justice of the peace uh, uh, peace officers and different U.S. marshals and all that stuff. Like it was literally everybody like, had their own jurisdiction. Yeah, pretty much like, and they they would, uh, officers of the law would go against each other all yeah, the time, constantly. Uh, McCarty had then joined the Lincoln County Regulators. On March 9th, they captured Frank Baker and William Morton, both of whom were accused of killing Tunstall. Baker and Morton were killed while allegedly trying to escape. Uh-huh. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On April 1st, the Regulators ambushed Sheriff Bradley, Brady and his deputies. McCarty was wounded in the thigh during the battle. Bradley and the Deputy Sheriff George W. Hindman were killed. On the morning of April 4th, 1878, Buckshot Roberts and Dick Brewer were killed during a shootout at Blazer's Mill. Warrants were issued for several participants on both sides, and McCarty and two others were charged with killing Brady, Hinman, and Roberts. Mm-hmm. So, basically, uh, the regulators pretty much were vigilantes. Yeah. They thought they were part of the law, and the uh, obviously Sheriff Brady thought he was the law. Mm. So it was basically like, oh, who's more right in the situation? Yeah. Uh, the Battle of Lincoln. On the night of Sunday, July 14th, McSween and the Regulators, now a group of 50 to 60 men, went to Lincoln and stationed themselves in the town among several buildings. At the McSween residence, where McCarty, Florencio Sanchez, Jose Sanchez, Sanchez, sorry, Sanchez, Jim French, Harvey Morris, Tom O'Fallard, and Ugani Salazar, among others, another group led by Marine and Chavez and Doc Scorlock positioned themselves on the roof of the saloon. Henry Newton Brown, Dick Smith, and George Coe defended a nearby abode bunkhouse. On Tuesday, July 16th, nearly appoint, newly appointed Sheriff George Pepin sent sharpshooters to kill McSween defenders at the saloon. This sounds a little bit like either um, that harder, the, the harder they fall movie, or maybe a little bit of Hateful Eight. It's more Magnificent Seven. Yeah, that's what maybe that yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pepin's men retreated when one of their snipers, Charles Crawford, was killed by Fernando Herrera. Pepin then sent a request for assistance to Colonel Nathan Dudley, commandant of nearby Fort Stanton. In reply to Pepin, Dudley refused to intervene, but later arrived in Lincoln with troops, turning the battle in the favor of the Murphy-Dolan faction. Hmm. A shooting war broke out on Friday, July 19th, McSween's supporters gathered inside his house while Buck Powell and Deputy Sheriff Jack Long set fire to the building. The occupants began shooting. McCarty and the other men fled to the building when all rooms but one were burning. During the confusion, Alexander McSween was shot and killed by Robert W. Beckwith, who was then shot and killed by McCarty. McCarty's either really good or really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> McCarty and three other survivors of the Battle of Lincoln were nearby in the Mescaleli 
Indian Agency when the agency bookkeeper, Morris Bernstein, was murdered on August 5th, 1878. Wow. All four were indicted for the murder. Despite conflicting evidence that Bernstein had been killed by Constable Alanasha Mar- uh, Martinez, it all was of the... just to pin <laughs> yeah. on them because they're already outlaws, so why not, right? Yep. All of the indictments except McCarty's were later squashed. Mm. So but they kept McCarty's. Yep. On the October 5th, 1878, U.S. Marshal John Sherman informed newly appointed territorial governor and former Union, Union General Lee Wallace, Lou Wallace that he held warrants for several men, including William H. Atrum, alias Kidd, alias Bonnie, mm-hmm. but was unable to execute them. Alias McCarty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Owing to the dis- uh, disturbed condition of affairs in the, in the county resulting from the acts of desperate class of men. Wallace issued an amnesty proclamation on November 13, 1878, which pardoned anyone involved in the Lincoln County War since Tunstall's murder. Was this to draw him out? Yeah, pretty much. Like a trap? I would think so, yeah. And specifically excluding persons who held, who had been convicted of or indicted for a crime and therefore therefore excluded McCarty. Mm Mm-hmm. So Billy the Kid did not get pardoned for that. Yeah, of course not. On February 18th, 1879, McCarty and his friend Tom O'Fraliad were in Lincoln and watched as attorney Houston Chapman was shot and his corpse set on fire. Ooh. According to eyewitnesses, the pair were innocent bystanders forced at gunpoint by Jesse Evans to witness the murder. McCarty wrote to General Wallace, or Governor Wallace, on March 13, 1879, with an offer to provide information on Chapman's murder in exchange for amnesty. Mm-hmm. On March 15th, Governor Wallace replied, Agreeing to the secret meeting to discuss the situation, McCarty met with Wallace and Lincoln on March 17, 1879. No, don't do it. It's a trap, man. During the meeting and subsequent correspondence, Wallace promised McCarty protection from his enemies and clemency and if he would offer his testimony to a grand jury. Mm-hmm. On March 20th, Wallace wrote to McCarty, To remove all suspicion of understanding, I think it better to put the arresting party in charge of Sheriff Kimbrell, who shall be instructed to see that no violence is used. McCarty responded on the same day, agreeing to testify and confirming Wallace's proposal for his arrest and detention in the local jail to assure his safety. Mm. On March 21st, McCarty let himself be captured by a posse led by Sheriff George Kimball of Lincoln County. As agreed, McCarty provided a statement upon about Chapman's murder and testified in court. However, after McCarty's testimony, the local district attorney refused to set him free. Oh, my God. Yeah. Still in custody several weeks later, McCarty began to suspect that Wallace had used subterfuge and would never grant him amnesty. Mm-hmm. McCarty escaped from the Lincoln County Jail <laughs> on June 17, like, 1879. Man, it looks like these guys have... Uh... Decided to screw me over, so I'm just gonna shimmy on out these bars here and uh, see y'all later. It was mostly chimneys. Yeah. He got out of chimneys. Yeah, he was only five foot seven. So I mean, you don't have sure. to be super tall to be a gunman. <coughs> no, the gun's a good equalizer. McCarty avoided further violence until January 10th, 1880, when he shot and killed Joe Grant, a newcomer to the area at Hargro- Hargroves Hargroves Saloon in Fort Sumner. New Mexico. The Santa Fe Weekly New Mexican reported, Bill Bonnie, more extensively known as the kid, shot and killed Joe Grant. The origin of the difficulty was not learned, 
According to other contemporary sources, McCarty had been warned Grant intended to kill him. He walked up to Grant, told him he admired his revolver, and asked to examine it. Grant handed it over. Before returning the pistol, which he noticed contained only three cartridges, McCarty positioned the chamber so that the next hammer would fall and land on an empty chamber. Grant suddenly pointed his pistol in McCarty's face and pulled the trigger. When it failed to fire, McCarty drew his own gun weapon and <laughs> shot Grant in the head. A reporter for the Las Vegas Optic quoted McCarty as saying the encounter was a game of two and I got three for I got there first. Nice. In 1880, McCarty formed a friendship with a rancher named John Greathouse, who later introduced him to Dave Rudiber. On November 29th, 1880, McCarty, Rudiber, and Billy Wilson ran from a posse led by Sheriff's Deputy John Carlisle. Cornered at the Great House's ranch, McCarty told the posse they were holding a Great House, or holding Great House as a hostage. Carlisle offered to exchange places with Great House, and McCarty accepted the offer. Mm-hmm. Carlisle later attempted. Carlisle later attempted to jump. Or escaped by jumping through a window, but he was shot three times and killed. Mm. The shootout ended in a standoff. The posse withdrew, and McCarty, Rudiber, and Wilson rode away. Man. Yeah, so it, like a lot of violence in these years. Yeah. A few weeks after the Great House incident, McCarty, Rudiber, and Wilson, and O'Fallard, Charlie Bowen, and Tom Pickett rode into Fort Sumner. Unbeknownst... To McCarty and his companions, a posse led by Pat Garrett was waiting for them. Uh-oh. He opened fire, killing O'Fallard, and the rest of the outlaws escaped unharmed. Hmm. On December 13, 1880, Governor Wallace posted a $500 bounty for McCarty's capture. It's another thing that reminds you of uh, the pirates, too. Yeah. Pat Garrett continued his search for McCarty. On December 23rd, following the siege in which uh, Berdu was killed, Garrett and his posse captured McCarty along with Pickett, Rudiber, and Wilson at sinking at Stinking Springs. The prisoners, including McCarty, were shackled and taken to Fort Sumner, then later, later to Las Vegas, New Mexico. Then they arrived on December 26th. They were met by day crowds of curious onlookers. Day after Christmas. Yep. The following day, an armed mob gathered at the train depot before the prisoners, who were already on board the train with Garrett, departed for Saint Santa Fe. Deputy Sheriff Romero, backed by the angry group of men, demanded custody of Dave Rudiber, who, were, uh, who during an unsuccessful escape attempt on April 5th, 1880, shot and killed Deputy Antonio Lino Valdez in the process. Mm. Garrett refused to surrender the prisoner, and a tense confrontation ensued until he agreed to let the sheriff and the two other men accompany the party to Santa Fe, Mm. where they would petition the governor to release Rudabert to them. Right. In a later interview with a reporter, McCarty said he was unafraid during the incident, saying, if I only had my Winchester, I'd lick the whole crowd. Damn. The Las Vegas Gazette ran a story from a jailhouse interview following McCarty's capture. When the reporter said Bonnie appeared relaxed, he replied, What's the use of looking on the gloomy side of everything? The laugh's on me this time. During his short career as an outlaw, McCarty was the subject of numerous U.S. newspaper articles, some as far away as New York. That's crazy. 
after arriving in Santa Fe, McCarty seeking clemency sent Gen or Governor Wallace four letters over the next three months. Wallace refused to intervene, and McCarty went to trial in 1881, April, in mm -hmm. Masilla, New Mexico. Following two days of testimony, McCarty was found guilty of Sheriff Brady's murder. Damn. It was the only conviction secured against any of the combatants in the Lincoln County War. On, he didn't kill him. Maybe, so maybe the, not. That's who they blamed it on, but know, he may I'm not saying, have killed but them. The one thing, the one crime yeah. he didn't commit is the one he gets yeah. charged with. On April 13th, Judge Warren Bristol sentenced McCarty to hang with his execution scheduled for May 13th, 1881. According to legend, upon sentencing, the judge told McCarty he was going to hang until he was dead, dead, dead. Mm. McCarty's response was, you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> According to the historical record, he did not speak after the reading of his sentence. That's hilarious. Yeah. This dude's a troll. <laughs> yeah. Following his sentence, McCarty was moved to Lincoln, where he was held under guard on the top floor of a town courthouse. Yeah, they're not risking letting yep. him escape this time. On the evening of April 28, 1881, while Garrett was in White Oaks collecting taxes, Deputy Bob Ullinger took five other prisoners across the street for a meal leaving James Bell, another deputy, alone with McCarty at the jail. Uh-oh. McCarty asked to be taken out to use the outhouse behind the courthouse. And on their return to jail, McCarty, who was walking ahead of Bell up the stairs to a cell, hid around the blind corner, slipped out of the handcuffs, and beat Bell with a loose end of the cuffs. <laughs> God damn it. During the ensuing scruffle... McCarty grabbed Bell's revolver, revolver and fatally shot him in the back as Bell tried to get away. Wow. McCarty, with his legs still shackled, broke into Garrett's office and took a loaded shotgun at, left behind by Olinger. McCarty waited upstairs uh, at the upstairs window for Olinger to respond to the gunshot that killed Bell and called out to him. Look up, old boy, and see what you got. When Olinger looked up, Bonnie shot and killed him. Wow. After about an hour, <laughs> McCarty freed himself from the leg irons with an axe. He obtained a, a horse and rode out of town. According to some Dude. stories, he was singing as he left Lincoln. This guy is crazy. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> God, man. Uh, definitely a badass. Yeah, for real. Uh, while McCarty was on the run, Governor Wallace placed a new $500 bounty on the fugitive's head. I would have raised it. <laughs> Almost point. three months after his escape, Garrett responded, responding to rumors that McCarty was in the vicinity of Fort Sumner, left Lincoln with two deputies on Ju July 14, 1881, to question resident Pete Maxwell, a friend of McCarty's. Maxwell, son of a land baron, Lucian Maxwell, spoke with Garrett the same day for several hours. Around midnight, the pair sat in Maxwell's darkened bedroom when McCarty unexpectedly entered. <laughs> accounts vary. Not at Fort Sumner. <laughs> yeah, accounts vary as the course of events. According to the uh, canonical version, as he entered the room, McCarty failed to recognize Garrett due to the poor lighting, drawing his revolver and backing away. McCarty asked, Quinze? Quinze? What Spanish is for? Who is that? Who is that? Or who is it? Who is it? Recognizing McCarty's voice, Garrett drew his revolver and fired twice. The first bullet struck McCarty in the chest, just above his oh, heart, no. while the second one missed. 
Garrett's account leaves unclear whether McCarty was killed instantly or took some time to die. A few hours after the shooting, a local justice of the peace assembled a coroner's jury of six people. The jury's members interviewed Maxwell and Garrett, and McCarty's body and the location of the shooting were examined. examined yeah. The jury certified that the body as McCarty's, and according to a local newspaper, the jury foreman said, it was the kid's body that we examined. McCarty was given a wake by candlelight, and he was buried the next day in a grave that was donated with a wooden marker. Oh, well, that's cool. At least they didn't put him in like a pauper's grave or something. Yeah. So, why did he show up there? I'm I'm a little bit confused He was that. basically what was he doing there. Um basically just they kind of like what uh Bonnie Clyde did, came back to it, he, the person Maxwell was a a good person that hit him. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he was just hiding out there. Um there is a rumor that he may have survived. McCarty? Yeah, Billy the Kid. Uh, over, the t- over time, legends grew claiming that McCarty was not killed and that Garrett staged the incidents and death out of friendship so that McCarty could evade the law. So Garrett liked McCarty? Yeah, according to Pat, this rumor? Pat Gary and Billy the Kid, I think, were not, not friends, but they kind of respected each other. Right, so. During the next 50 years, a number of men claimed that they were Billy the Kid. Most yeah. of these claims were e- easily disproven, right. but two have remained topics of discussion and debate. Hmm. In 1948, a Central Texas man, Ollie P. Roberts, also known as Bushy Bill Roberts, began claiming that he was Billy the Kid and went before the New Mexico governor, Thomas J. M- Mabry, seeking a pardon. Mabry dismissed Roberts' claims, and Roberts died shortly after. Nevertheless, Heiko, Texas, Roberts' town of residence, capitalized on the claim by opening a Billy the Kid museum. Hmm. John Miller, an Arizona man, who also claimed he was McCarty. This was unsupported by his family until 1938, sometime after his death. Miller's body was buried at state-owned Arizona Pioneer's Home Cemetery in Prescott, Arizona. In May 2005, Miller's teeth and bones were examined and exhumed without permission from the state. Mm. DNA samples from the remains were sent to a laboratory in Dallas and tested to compare Miller's DNA with blood samples obtained from floorboards of the old Lincoln Courthouse, uh, old Lincoln County Courthouse, and the bench where McCarty's body allegedly was placed after he was shot. According to a July 2015 article in the Washington Post, the lab results were useless. Mm-hmm. In 2004, researchers sought to exhume the remains of Catherine Atham, McCarty's mother, whose DNA would be tested to compare it with the body buried in William Bonney's grave. Mm-hmm. As of 2012, her body had not been yet been exhumed. So they were uh, still working on trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, an author and amateur historian, Gail Cooper, filed a lawsuit against the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office under the State Inspection of Public Rep- Records Act to produce records of the results of the 2006 DNA test and other forensic evidence collected in the Billy the Kid investigations. Mm. In April 2012, 133 pages of documents were provided. They offered no conclusive evidence <laughs> confirming or disproving the general accepted story of Garrett's killing of McCarty. Mm-hmm but confirmed the record's existence and that they could have been produced earlier. In 2014, Cooper was awarded $100,000 in punitive damages, but the decision was later overturned by the New Mexico Court of Appeals. The lawsuit... The law so what do you suit- do in that situation, sorry, if, if 
you spent the money. <laughs> no, the lawsuit ultimately cost Lincoln County near. They gave him three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I know, but yeah. like you said, it was reversed in an appeal. Yeah, How, uh, they, they get the much, money back. What you, if you spent it? What if you spent? No, it? when you appeal something, yeah, like when you sue someone and you win, say like well, let's use the example the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. Right, right. She has not paid Johnny Depp no. because she appealed it. Yeah. So she doesn't have to pay, but in some states like Virginia, you have to pay that money. So like she, I think she owed like ten million uh-huh. or something. She would have to pay the courts ten million dollars, and then they would appeal. And if she loses the appeal, that that ten million dollars goes to Johnny Depp. So he wouldn't get the money before that, though. No, not a. You have a chance to appeal, okay. but you have to. You only have like. 60 days, I think, to appeal. Oh, okay. In the state of Virginia. I have no idea what it is in Arizona. Gotcha. In February 2015, historian Robert Stahl petitioned a district court in Fort Sumner asking the state of New Mexico to issue a death certificate for McCarty. Right. In 2015, Stahl filed suit in New Mexico's Supreme Court. The suit asked the court to order the state's Office of Medical Investigator to officially certify McCarthy's dead de- death under the New Mexico state law. So, basically, I mean, for one, why would Ollie P. Roberts or Bushy Bill Roberts go to the governor and ask for pardon? If he wasn't... If he wasn't Billy the Billy Kid. Billy the Kid. I don't know. Maybe he, he maybe he's one of those people. He was obsessed with Billy the Kid or something and just wanted to be him. I mean, and... well, his name was Bushy Bill Roberts. Yeah. If I would think anyone was Billy... Billy the Kid loved his nicknames. Yeah. But my thing is... I don't think Billy the Kid could go that long without being in trouble. Yeah. As much trouble as he got into. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Now, I, I think it's much more likely that going off of the original and the most accepted story of him, Garrett killing him, it just makes the most sense. Uh, an interesting fact about Billy the Kid, they asked in 2010 New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson to pardon, posthumously pardon Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. He turned it down. Why? I mean, because he was an he outlaw. Was, he was an outlaw. Law. Yeah, I guess, I guess I get it. But, but still. I mean. <laughs> give the man a pardon. He's I dead. Know. He's dead. Why <laughs> would it cares? matter? Oh, well, if we give this man a pardon, although, everybody will I, a pardon. Although, I will say that there are some exceptions to that. Like, I would never pardon any of serial killers that had died. Uh, you know, like, who the hell wants to uh, pardon Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy or... You know, John Gacy, nobody wants to pardon them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's kind of the same thing. He, I mean, he still killed nine men. We yeah. romanticize it and be like, oh, yeah, he was a badass or whatever. But he still, like, he killed nine people. <laughs> yeah, but most of the time. It's self-defense. Self-defense. Or... But that one dude in the bar, yeah. that was, he, he murdered that dude. Yeah, I don't know what real. it was. Uh, but he didn't like to be called small. Anything that alluded to his Size. small stature, yeah. he got offended and that he killed people. Well, he fixed that by being larger in life and having legends and stuff and still talked about to this day. So, yeah. I mean, I guess. And during the Lincoln County War, uh, when the Stowe soldiers showed up with an atta- detachment and stuff yeah. with them, they brought a Gatlin gun. Oh, my God. And that was pretty new at the time. Wasn't yeah, it? It, was it was just well, Civil it was, War. Civil War just ended. They had the Gatling gun and stuff. Yeah. So basically, they like that's what pretty much won that war for the the uh, Irish business couple. Right. Because they were like, and they just killed everybody. Yep. But that was Billy the Kid. Um, 
like I said, he had a very short life. He died in 1881 at the age of 21, mm-hmm. allegedly. We don't know. Allegedly. He may have. Like, do you think he survived? No, I th- I th- I'm pretty sure he died. You think he's he? Th- you absolutely think he just survived? Yeah, I think. No, I think he died. Oh, he died. Okay. Yeah, I think. He died. I, I think he might have survived. I think I like it better that he if he would survive. I think that I like the romanticism of uh, yeah, but that's Garrett. the same. That's the same thing though with. Uh, Thinking, you know, people think Tupac or Elvis or Michael Jackson are still alive, too. You know, they, yeah. well, I mean, it's obviously it's not the same thing, but, uh, you know, people will, will they, they end up liking somebody, you know, or, or something like that. And they convince themselves that that person could still be alive. You know, they I do that with book characters, movie characters. Kinda. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's teased us. I think that uh, TV books and movies i think that's and video games yeah have always like they're like oh well there's still a chance no body no proof you know yeah like, you know yeah like we were like, like oh my god we gotta keep TV the hope shows alive. bring characters back even though they were like we were almost sure that although, they were dead and although new mexico not giving the birth certificate out not providing any kind yeah, of evidence kind of and stuff that's that yeah that is really fishy because that makes me think that maybe he did survive no, I don't think it's. But all why that would it matter? Why keep it a secret now? Yeah, that's so stupid. Why? Why stop people from looking into it? That would. It was over a hundred years ago. Yeah, for real. I don't know. I don't it know why like that a, would be a big deal. It was like a hundred, what, hundred forty years ago? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, hundred forty something. Yeah. So I don't understand why the well, why why can't we look into it? I don't know. But uh, yeah. So Billy the Kid, like I said, he had freaking his gunplay was so awesome. He was probably one of the most accurate uh, six shooter uh, people. He was one of the fastest draws in the West, and he also, like I said, he just he would twirl his gun around just to show off. He would do that like around the campfire, just like twirling mm-hmm. his guns, cleaning them and stuff. So uh, like I said, probably one of the fastest. Uh, outlaws out there and obviously the youngest i mean well most interesting i think yeah absolutely and uh, and a lot of times there's this there's this photo the famous photo of billy the kid and he looks he looks ugly but <laughs> a lot of people said he was good looking yeah that he was really charming well, those, those old pictures they have a way of making like well you had to stand still for like an hour yeah Really, so, you know, that's not even that's not even exaggeration either. Yeah. You literally, the first cameras the fat ever came out, they they would sit there for ten twenty minutes before they could move. It's yeah. crazy, but yeah. But I kind of agree with you. I think he did die. Probably. I think he died. But I think that I think Pat Garrett murdered him, and I think that's what they're trying to cover it up. Like they don't want to besmirch well, Pat yeah, Garrett. Murdered him. Well, I mean, like he he pulled like it. The according to the report. Uh, Billy the Kid pulled out his revolver and asked who was there. Yeah. Or who is it in Spanish. Yeah. And he had his revolver out. And Billy the Kid, like, if he has a revolver out, you're already at a disadvantage. Yeah. It's like 25% you're going to make it out alive. <laughs> so For Pat real. Garrett just was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like that and shot him real fast. Well, so, either way, he murdered him. But I, th- I, think, I think that he just walked in and Pat Garrett shot him. Well, I mean, didn't he have a bounty on him? Was that wanted dead? Or... Yeah, five hundred dollars wanted dead or alive. Yeah, so why would it matter if he did? It wouldn't matter even if he didn't pull his gun on him. He if he was wanted th- dead, it's because Pat Garrett, I think, was a, a U.S. marshal. I don't think that U.S. marshals were allowed to do the whole. That's this bounty hunters. 
the uh, bounty hunters were allowed to bring in people. I, I but like, U.S. Marshal well, said, like, because, like, like I said, well, I don't know, because, like, back then, uh, back a hundred years ago, hundred years ago, U.S. Marshals were allowed to shoot on sight. Yeah, but now they're not, yeah. obviously. But I, I know, but like, I was he shot? Maybe he was shot in the back. There has to be a reason why it was covered up, and there was like conflicting reports. Maybe he was an alien. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I just think that they probably murdered him. Probably they probably shot him in the back, like Jesse James. Jesse James was killed by a coward, shot in the mm-hmm. back of the head. That makes me so mad too. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys for listening to our Billy the Kid episode. Yep, we are uh, not going to go play Road Dead Redemption. Well, you are. It's yeah. not a two-player game unless you no, play it online. You can play online. <laughs> but uh, the <laughs> next week's episode is another serial killer. It's our second serial killer of the season. Golden State Killer. Yep. He was just recently caught by DNA evidence in 2020. Um, the trial was, I think the trial was, I don't know if it's over yet or if it was postponed because of COVID. It just makes I know me so COVID mad did. that it took that long to catch him. You know, hey man, it, back then, I mean, they didn't have a lot of evidence. I know, I'm just saying, like, that that dude got away for so long. Yeah. I mean, he's only going to have to be in prison for, oh, yeah, he's, you know, there's, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah, and if he gets any kind of disease or anything like right. that in there, he's going to go so, fast. Like, but all that time up to that point, he was just running free. Who yep. knows how many other people he killed that they don't know about. Yep, and that episode will be a two-parter. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yep. trying to get into it already yeah i know don't this is a two-parter man God. but uh we appreciate you guys appreciate you guys listening to us and anywhere you go in that link below will be awesome this is this awesome link tree yeah like once you click on that there's so many awesome places to go uh our store with all of our merch in it um and our patreon who actually has unique episodes on it uh, that you can't find anywhere else. Yep. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week for the golden state killer.